0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.
1: Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. When you're good to mama.
2: We stand, stand up. I uh, stand up straight. We mm,
1: stand up to hell. up. Stand up. Do, it, do it, do
3: it, do it, do it, do it. This is Stand Up Straight on Joy
0: 94.9.
2: Good evening and welcome everyone. I'm Michelle Barber and you are listening to Stand Up Straight, where we aim to provide a vehicle for the allied supporters to stand up for our GLBT&I community to encourage and create greater inclusion, share stories, give advice create dialogue or introduce a new way of thinking, but most importantly, to facilitate change toward greater acceptance of our rainbow family in all its shapes and sizes. Thanks to Dano and Mason for a great afternoon's entertainment. The fabulous Informer team from Monday to Thursday, you'll hear them at 6.30 to 7.00. Monday, uh, on Friday night, they go missing. They're having a rest as of tonight. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for that. I am up to date, Michelle. Up until today, it was Monday to Thursday. Correct, so you're right about that. And the uh, lovely Beck for the news. Across the panel, we have the lovely Clayton. We have Stephanie and Beck and myself in the studio. The whole team's back together. I know, the band. It's the back. band's back together. Hi, Michelle. Is this, this is, we, we did a farewell tour. We're back together. We call ourselves John Farnham. We're very we? John we're Farnham. We're very John Farnham. I'm going to see him on Saturday night. On you unreli- are mad.
3: What yeah. are you like? You were at the what boss you last crazy? week. And now you're
1: with... <laughs> on Saturday, I drove from the Book of Mormon to <laughs> Hanging Rock to see <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Because I can't miss any. He went twice. He's so twice in a week. Saw him twice. Yeah. In a now way. I'm seeing John Farnham this week. I, I can't do. miss How
2: anything. How old are you? I know. You're crazy, and you love Tay Tay. I mean, that's both ends of the. I'm musicals. an enigma. You Michelle. are an enigma. We have two other lovely voices in the studio. I hope they've, they've uh, laughed a little bit at our crazy antics. We have uh, two of Joy's favourites. We have Anne Hamilton and Chris Furnow are joining us tonight. Welcome to our Stand Up Straight studio. Hi gang, <laughs> gang.
4: and a hello from
2: Chris. <laughs> and that voice, uh, Chris, would people would know your voice? Why? So familiar. Uh,
4: from my show, been there, done that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tuesday evenings, uh, twenty three hundred hours, and Monday mornings, zero hours.
3: Ooh. Ooh. But Chris previously Ooh. was on a on a. Um, was it Wednesday?
4: I, we've been all over yes, the grid. Yeah. No, joy. I
3: used to listen to you during the day, but I'm not up No, we later were part of the
4: lunchtime yes, lunchbox. Yes,
3: were. And <laughs> I used to love no, listening
2: to you, boys. I've been on
4: air for 17 years. <gasps> wow.
2: 17 oh. years. Extremely. So, uh,
4: yeah, I've been around the block and around the grid.
2: Well, speaking of years, it's a it's a huge milestone this month for our lovely Anne, who has been at Joy for 15 years. We should have had Candaplause Cloton. I was going to say, out of my. Fifteen years as a Joy volunteer, Anne. Yes, that's me. Does that? For, this question is also for both of you, but you've been around Joy for a long time, seen a lot of changes. What is it that you love, if you can sum it up, what is it that you love about being at Joy?
0: Oh, As a volunteer, I see it as a, a family of people, mm. all shapes and sizes. It's a family for me and it's a place I, I can come to. I feel safe. Um, people are volunteers, they're here Mm. here because they want to be here.
2: You use the word safe, that's an unusual word to use. Can
0: I ask why you say safe? Giving away my generation, I guess. I'm 64 years old, so I've grown up um, through the years of um, homosexuality was illegal, it was you wouldn't out yourself. Mm. So I remained in the closet for a very, very long time.
2: And we are going to talk about that briefly. Oh, we'll talk about that a little bit later because um, I find it fascinating and it kind of links into um, something that happened last week. And we're going to go a bit off topic. Stephanie had her son sit in the studio with us last night. And we're going to ask um, both Anne and, and Chris a little bit about their coming out stories. But we had Chris Tate, our program director, in yesterday, uh, last Thursday, and he mentioned that he didn't come out till he was late 20s. Now, Stephanie had her son in the studio, my 16-year-old son, who is... tell us why the coming out stories need to keep happening. Yeah, Yeah.
3: well, he was just sitting in on the show because he's now doing our podcasting. And um, we had dinner after the show and we were talking about the show and he was really amazed that Chris had had to wait, and well, felt he had to wait until he was in his late 20s to come out. You know, Chris is a young man. And it really affected him and, and he... You know, he felt really saddened by that That, So, you know, we, we talk often on Stand Up Straight About, you know, changing people's attitudes One story at a time And it certainly had that effect on Patrick last week And he was kind of really,
2: yeah, really shaken by that, that mm. story so. And the fact that he was 16 and, and couldn't couldn't understand Yeah, why, why he had to wait Why he had to wait Or why yeah. he felt he felt so afraid
3: of, of telling people, you know who, I think About who he it's was It's generational,
0: um, mm. um And I can cover my coming out story a little bit later, but I have nieces and nephews that are very young and some that are not so young. And to them, someone that's gay is not a thing. Mm. It is just not a thing. They have male friends, they have girlfriends, and some people have same-sex relationships, and it doesn't mean anything. Mm. So I can understand your son being, oh, why, why? Because today that's not how the young people think mm. when you take religion and certain cultures out of the equation yes. an everyday person can't understand that story mm. and that's why we'll keep getting
2: people's coming out stories you know said on air um uh, because i think you know a moment like that and i know stephanie you were very very proud of that and touched and i know it caused a lot of create a lot of discussion even for me at home as well um we uh, wanted to get to know you a little bit. I wanted to know also what what your roles are at Joy, just briefly and then we'll, after we come back we'll get to know you a little bit more. So what do you do here at Joy Um I've
0: tried to explain this a few <laughs> times um, the best way is I do everything that other people don't want to do <laughs> so I do all the rats and my stuff that nobody gets enthusiastic about except me so it's the procedural things and mapping of processes and forms and um, database management all that stuff that mm, nobody likes that, but, but I, I seem to enjoy it and I, vital yeah it makes the everything tick along Mm. Yeah.
2: and um I know whenever you walk past the corridor there's ants sort of sitting very very quietly in a cubicle and uh, this is um, a good uh, a good moment for us to have you on um, on air with us and Chris, what do you do here at joy other than uh, us hearing your dulcet tones
4: well I've got three or four little hats that I wear um although you know, I keep losing them over the years because <laughs> uh, because suddenly jobs or activities within the station become more important and uh, I, they get handed over to more uh, qualified people. And so in, in lots of ways, I'm like Anne, I do lots of the things that uh, just seem to happen around the place <laughs> because no one else has them on their job register as an official duty to do. And uh, you know, I, I'm I'm mother to a few of the activities. <laughs> you a woman's work is never done. I wear that hat, uh, but I, I present my show. I also do part of the membership processes, and I also look after the Joy Archives. And I'm we're getting uh, to to get that all cataloged and. It's a very involved process and... and uh,
2: fascinating, I would imagine. Oh, Emotional too. It's a too. new
4: skill that I'm slowly learning. <laughs> you, know, because you have to become basically a, a librarian-type person and know there's proper procedures that are to be followed to uh, get things put into an archive system and the way it's registered and the way it's handled and treated, um, it's a very involved process and I'm... Enjoying and smiling as new. you're
2: saying that, though, so that's fantastic. We are uh, joined in the studio with Anne and Chris, and we're not. Uh, we've decided that that we're going to uh, refer to them tonight as the no longer juniors. I think that terminology might uh, might be preferred. You are listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy. Do you have a cat shaped hole in your heart? Do you know that around two hundred and fifty thousand unwanted cats and dogs are euthanised in Australia every year? Ingrid's Haven is a not-for-profit cat shelter based in Broadford, one hour north of Melbourne CBD. Ingrid rescues cats from local pounds each week and cares for them until their forever family comes to save them. Rescue a furry
0: feline today. Visit ingridshaven.net.au for more information or find them on Facebook. A community service message made possible by Joy 94.9. Over
3: 300 volunteers keep Joy 94.9 out loud and proud on-air and online, all the time. Joy Volunteers have this week chosen Karen as Volunteer of the Week. Karen volunteers her time on the front desk at Joy. She's also part of our Volunteer Representatives group. She is a kind, positive, reliable and friendly face every Saturday morning. She's always out in the community with Joy, giving a little bit more. From everyone at Joy, thank you, Karen. To learn more about volunteering at JOY, head to joy.org.au forward slash volunteers. JOY 94.9, your voice, your radio station. This is Little Wise and you're listening to Stand Up Straight on JOY 94.9. I'm not
0: usually one for adventure. Beautiful.
1: Isn't she? I know. Isn't they were amazing.
2: though. Do you have a bit really? of a girl crush? Yeah. That was a great show. Uh, Stephanie and Becker in the studio with me tonight. Clayton's across the desk. We have Chris and Anne who are very, very long-term joy stalwarts. Uh, but we've got them in here tonight to have a bit of a chat about what it was like back then, I suppose, whatever back then is, whether it's 10, 15, 30 years ago, whatever. So it's really interesting. We touched before about um, um, Stephanie's son listening to Chris Tate's coming out story and being surprised. And would like to know, um, And you, you mentioned uh, that it was only 15 years ago. and I, 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 That um, is extraordinary and I'd like to, and then we'll, we'll chat to Chris in a minute, but why did you wait so long
0: if you can kind of, Summarise. Can I, I summarise Well, oh you don't even have to. You got yeah. the floor. I suppose I've got to go back a number of years. Um, when I was very young, I had girl crushes, and everyone, all the girls, had girl crushes, and I didn't grow out of it. So I wasn't interested in boys, and I couldn't work out why all the girls were infatuated with the boys, and I wasn't at all interested. Okay, I came to learn that a little bit later, and then I met someone, and we started a relationship. Um, I think I was 21, 22, um, in a same-sex relationship. And we were together for 15 years. Okay. Now, back then, I didn't know any other gay women except mm. my partner, my girlfriend. I didn't know any other women that were so a lesbian.
3: When you were together and you socialised, did you just
0: socialise with... The straight world. The straight world. And
2: was she your housemate
0: or how mm, did you... No, we so didn't live together. S- ah, so... She lived with her mother and her brother and I. So it was very Lived in a flat. Yes, very much in the, the closet, secret.
3: So you wouldn't go out yeah. as a couple. You didn't go to events together as a couple. We went out together.
0: Yeah. But as friends. Just as friends. Right. No holding hands or anything. Gosh.
2: Well, how does that affect you knowing that you walk past a, you know, a... a, a a straight couple are holding hands or they're kissing in the street. And did you ever have those moments of why can't that be me or it's not fair or did, or not?
0: Um, I don't think I thought it wasn't fair. It was just how it was that it had to be secret because it was not accepted in the general population that you could have a same-sex relationship because you would hear homophobic taunts and jokes. Mm. Um, I worked in a very staid organisation, a bank, mm. um, and I didn't know any gay people in the bank. And, and were you able
3: to make it a little bit fun with the secrecy? Was there, was there, Could you ever bring that element into it? I mean, because you had the odds against you, were you ever able to kind of make it exciting yeah. and Well, secretive? yes, in, in <laughs> our
0: relationship, yes, we had a great deal of fun and a great yeah. deal of excitement. Um, and I worked the secret, and that's like a white line, I guess. I worked the secret because um, at work... what would you do on the weekend? Um, And I would say that the person I went out with was a guy Uh, and gave that person a name that wasn't the name of my girlfriend. So you had to create a double life for yourself to present. Well, it was just a false representation of the person that I was having fun with. Did you and
1: your girlfriend ever discuss the prospect of coming out or it just wasn't even something that registers as an idea?
0: Yes, we did. We discussed moving in together and um we had a very serious conversation about that um and we felt at the time the only way that we could be together living together was to go overseas oh yeah and um i didn't want to go overseas because that was going to be an asian country at the time and i i just didn't with my work and my career was taking starting to take off at that time and being a female in a bank mm. that was a big thing then and i said no i don't think i can do that and Um, and she said that, well, we, we can't do it here because I can't tell my mother. Did any of
2: your family know? No. Nobody. So it was just literally the two of you.
0: Yep.
3: So 15 years later, Anne, why did the relationship end? Uh, well, it probably,
0: um, it ended because I ended it. Uh, well, the story is really long. She got married. Wow. Wow. To a man. And, um that was the end of the relationship but it soon started again after she got married and then i just, a couple of years later i said no this is doing my head in i can't do this anymore um and she had an affair with another woman I said, that's it bye mm-hmm. I,
2: I i think we're all we seem a little bit flabbergasted am i right ladies yeah wow we're, it seems to be um, so far removed from. Uh, I hadn't even anticipated uh, what, what you were going to say, and I think this is the love, the beauty about people's coming out stories, and highlights um, the differences that we often that we refer to quite frequently as you know a straight privilege. And you've had to for fifteen years have this. Relationship and, and not be able to function in the way you would always have wanted to. I find that. Do you look back on it? Do you think you would like to have done things any differently in a, in a sense or it just was the way it was supposed to be for
0: those 15 years? Um, I guess we're always wiser in hindsight and, and I couldn't have done it any differently because I didn't know any better. Mm. But I was being controlled. So you learn that... As you go, and it could have been a man, it could have been a woman, but I was being controlled and I was being isolated from that control. Mm-hmm. So I probably could have met other people, but she wouldn't let me meet other people, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean.
3: And then when it all fell apart, did you have anybody that you could talk to about it?
0: No. Oh, my goodness. It's I just heartbreaking. It. It, it i got a job offer in Melbourne and I took it. So I Right. You changed. Because this was in Sydney, so oh, okay. I, I moved down here and discovered joy quite by accident and the rest is history Uh, well happy ending thank goodness for the happy ending we got you we got you uh we're going to go for a very quick
2: break and um but thank you Anne. i um i'm a bit stunned actually it's quite i find it quite emotional uh you are listening to stand up straight on joy
3: you're listening to michelle on stand up straight on joy 94.9 She's my
2: mum. We have uh, Chris Verneau and Anne Hamilton uh, in the studio with us tonight and um, Anne's just shared um, a pretty moving and um, emotional um, story that that she had. Uh, If you would like to send a message in, of any type uh, you can do so uh, we have had somebody send a message in so thank you very much I'm not sure who it's from I went through the same thing in 2007 up until 2012 with my ex-girlfriend we were we were closeted the whole time she couldn't come out to her family I had to end it it's not that uncommon as you think especially with ethnic minorities and you're nodding and yeah, uh, what we actually didn't get to, uh, and if anyone wants to send a, a message you know, 0427 JOY 949, or you can send us an email on air at joy.org.au. What we didn't actually ask you was how the question started. We'll get to you, Chris. You can relax. Um, so how did you come out?
0: Um, well, I found, as I said before, I found joy by accident. New radio in the car, no stations, tuning in, da-da-da-da, great music. Who is this? And uh, so I joined as a member, and I became a volunteer, and I'm still closeted in my own head. I don't have a relationship well. at that time, and I was had been volunteering for one year, and my my family knew I was volunteering at a community radio station, but I would never say which yeah. one it was. Um, and they're in New South Wales, so they're a long way, and they're not tuning into Joy, are well, they? I'll, <laughs> two of them are down here and one of them is in New South Wales so, and they live far enough away that they wouldn't be able to hear on the Melbourne frequency. Mm. Um, I was going overseas um, and I went to see my GP to get the usual letters and do I need vaccina- vaccinations and and I have a really great relationship with my GP. some a woman. And... Um, she said to me about just a conversation and what are you doing with because I'd finished working with the bank full time what are you doing now and I said oh I'm volunteering at a community radio station and she said which one and I felt totally safe if I say who she'll never know who it is <laughs> so I said Joy Melbourne and she said oh the gay one <laughs> and she looked at me she said are you gay and I said yes she said why didn't you tell me all those years ago because she's been my GP for a long time mm. and I just I couldn't tell her why. It was all part of this psyche of, don't tell anyone. Mm. Um, and she said, she, t- she said to me, she said, well, okay. When you go home tonight, you have to tell your two brothers and tell your sister and tell anyone else that's close in your family because you'll feel better. And did you? I did. Wow. And With did great you? anxiety, I went yeah. home oh. and I, mm. I thought, well, oh, oh, what am I going to? And I rang them all because none of them lived near me, mm. and told them and my niece, and. No reaction. Oh, okay. And we just talked. What's for dinner? And can I ask how old were you when you came out?
3: Fifty. Wow. 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 Okay.
0: Wow. Fourteen years ago. And
2: thank goodness Aww. for your
0: lovely GP. Mm. Yeah.
2: Mm.
0: And are you a different person? Oh, definitely. Um, Have you blossomed? More Is that a word? Yeah. More confident. confident. More involved. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, and uh, I guess that's why I said safe. In the correct. in the introduction, because you can be who you are um, without anyone criticising you. To, you know, a joke about you being gay or so.
3: Anne, have you found a community here in Melbourne? You mentioned in Sydney that you you know you would go out with straight people. Have you found a community, a lesbian community here in Melbourne?
0: Th- through joy, I have. Yes, so I've made some great friends. Fantastic. Yeah.
3: Any well, love interests? Can no. I
0: ask? <laughs> No, but you, are you open to that, uh,
3: to love interests? Of, of course. Like,
1: well, if anyone's listening, once or twice shy, they do say. Uh... Anne's a beautiful and lovely Gorgeous, lady. So SMS oh four two seven nine four nine hashtag find Anne a date.
0: Shall I get Chris Furno to um, vet those? Or? Yeah, <laughs> look, it's
1: well, always good too. No, we
0: will.
2: Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do it for I'm you I'm all man. for finding romance, Anne. We've uh, had a love hugs to dear Anne from Gary in Brunswick. Aww. And uh, we have had another message. I uh, often say uh, the person uh, referred to before about having the uh, relationship in the closet, she said, I'm now out. She's still in the closet. She's of Lebanese descent and my background is Armenian. And this is her words: "Being gay in the Wog environment is hell." So,
0: oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. good on, on your girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. So, um, and thanks, Gary. <laughs> the uh, same question for
2: you: uh, It's yours is exciting, Mister Furno You're uh, coming out okay, story. Well, How are you going to top that?
4: Uh, a different path entirely. Um, my parents came through World War Two in South Australia, and. Uh, the society that I was a young kid in was entirely uh, heteronormative Mm. and the only saving grace was my father's brother was a bachelor and still not married at 42 Mm. and when I was growing up I had the occasional girlfriends and it would get to a certain stage and it wouldn't go any further and uh I was rather slow and dumb when <laughs> at high school uh, some of the girls were coming on to me and we, uh, me and another school friend, uh, we were riding our bikes home and they called in the girls' place and they started pashing us up. And <laughs> what is this all about? You know, nothing in my body was reacting positively towards this. And... Maybe it was then that the penny started dropping, but you know, perhaps it was you know just the way things happened. How old so, were you then? So you know, that was a year or and you were high. School, that was graduation year, um, <laughs> high school. It was seventeen years 17. old. Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I called something different in South Australia when I was that age. Yeah, um, but at
3: the time when you were expecting hormones to be racing around, yeah. and they, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's it.
4: So anyway, I was still living at home but by the age of 23, but I had uh, hiking mates that I used to go out with. Uh, I had cars, an interest in cars, and I would pull them apart and get my hands greasy and all these sorts of things. So you're uh, blokey.
3: You're kind of a blokey oh, bloke. Oh, bloke, yeah. blokey, blokey. <laughs> oh, yeah, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> but when I got into trouble—not when I was 23, but uh, you know, maybe 16, 17, or 18—one day my dad caught me. You bloody poofed up! <gasps> oh! And I thought, ooh. now that was a real kick in the ribs. Ooh. And I thought, oh, ooh. okay. So I pulled my head in a little mm-hmm. bit, and you know, I. In, within the family group, we, we accepted each other as we were. My sister had hearing problems. You know, the auntie around the corner, she was you know, she was a bit gaga or whatever. <laughs> and, and, you know, we all had our quirks. Tough, and, yeah. and, and, and th- This was one of my quirks. How's your girlfriends? Oh, I went out with Yvonne last week, but no, no, no. Oh, you must be like your uncle. Yeah, I'm a born bachelor sort of thing, you know. Mm. Blah. Mm. And uh, uh, it came a time when I was 23 when job opportunity came like Anne it was a, an opportunity to leave that environment mm-hmm. and I went into Nash I went overseas for five years to Papua New Guinea and worked up there and I was on my own to a great extent, working in a, a safe environment uh, it wasn 't living out in the the uh, back blocks with just native people to, to talk to and interact with. I was on an army base, and so I had all that sort of environment. But I gradually got comfortable with who I was. And before I'd left Adelaide, I had a group of guys, and we would go out to the gay pubs on Saturday night. We would have <laughs> gay parties, we'd have jokes. So I sort of knew that I was in that environment. But then I I still had to balance that up with how I was with my family, mm-hmm. and that was the schizophrenia kicked in sort of thing. It was I, I did I don't think I got brain strain or anything from it, but it was the two identities. Mm. Oh, I'm within the family environment. This is the way I've got to behave outside. Scream your head off. Mm. It was a total release. But anyway, after New Guinea. Uh, I'd been living on my own, and I wasn't going back to the family. I moved from Adelaide to Melbourne, and that's when I started hooking up with people around in Melbourne. And okay, I had a job here as well. And strangely enough, one of the people I met at the coffee in the uh, uh, coffee room in the lunch room was a guy who was the secretary of Joy way back in those days, mm. in the early nineties, mm. and he said, oh, look, you know, come and volunteer down at the radio station. And then I finished my job. And I said, before I left, Nigel, would you still like to see me? Yep, sure thing. So I came down and did half a day, one day, one and a half days. And so, you know, part of the furniture now, like Anne, there was so many of the small jobs and everything and organisational aspects to be done. And uh, I had to Public service background, so I knew processes and procedures were orders of the day, sort of thing. And uh, yeah, found a little niche, and here I is. <laughs> so, Chris,
3: um, was there a moment when you came back from Melbourne to Adelaide that you actually sat down with your family and announced that you were gay, or did they just did they just guess it? And
4: well, it was <laughs> was strange in as much as uh, at home. Uh, sorry, before I left Adelaide, I went out into a flat on my own uh, Sorry, with another gay guy for a few months, but then we would always go back to mum's place Thursday night for roast dinner (laughs) and cards (laughs) and I said, oh, this particular time, can John come? Oh yeah, so I brought John John and my parents found things of connection to them I left to go to New Guinea. John still went home for roast <laughs> dinners.
1: Oh,
3: funny,
4: <laughs> and, you know they accepted him and me in in those sort of situations. But if I'd said to them, you know, this is what we do between the sheets, ah, mm. oh. would mm. went out the door and off the property.
3: Yeah, need to know basis. So with parents, yeah, I think. But
4: that was again the social environment that I grew up in. That everything was illegal. It was. You knew about it, but you didn't talk about it, and you didn't point fingers particularly.
2: Knowing that it was illegal, I'm just wondering how that messes with your psyche, that you wake up in the morning, whether you think about it or not, you as a person, uh, a part of your life is illegal. I'm just wondering how that messes with your head, if it did, if you thought about it consciously. Well, you're only
4: illegal (laughs) once you get caught.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So you're careful, yeah.
0: (laughs) Can I just add a bit to that? Um, it, that situation, that non-acceptance, made me feel like I didn't belong anywhere. I didn't fit. That, mm. that that I something was wrong with me. That I felt there was something wrong with me. Yeah.
2: And I wondered, does it, you know? And again, we've much had about this a little bit when we come back. But whether that's how long that stays with you, or does it just stay with you forever, and it's more and
0: more weeded out. Um, We come out every day or every second day depending on the situation. Mm. You're not, it's, you know, what's your husband, are you married, what's your husband's Mm. name or you're coming out to another doctor, a specialist doctor or the people down the coffee shop or the grocer because of the questions that they ask. Mm. Well-meaning but, and you're correct, it is well-meaning but uh, it's that, fact that you have to all the
2: time. We're going to come back and chat a little further with Chris and Anne. You are listening to Stand Up Straight uh, with Michelle, Stephanie Beck. And we have the lovely Anne and Chris as our guests this evening. We're getting to know uh, them and a little bit about what it was like to perhaps come out a lot longer than uh, uh, many of, uh, members of the GLBTI community and how different it was. And uh, there seems to be this sort of uh, a theme of fear and having to lead double lives to an extent that kind of thing which uh, it's always sad to hear
3: and Chris just following up on your story you mentioned your bachelor uncle at the very beginning of the story and I'm just wondering did your bachelor uncle ever come out or did you ever bump into him in clubs (laughs) was he gay was he or was he just a bachelor uncle
4: no, fortunately, he was a bachelor uncle and he did marry and he's got – had
3: kids. Oh, there you so. go. Oh, there is
1: hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
3: Because oh, I love, you know, when you – I've I've got a, a, a gay friend and he, you know, he talks about his family tree and, you know, when you go back and you – there's all these bachelor uncles. So,
2: you mm. know –
4: No, I've got the original T-shirt. The family tree ends here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great.
2: We've uh, had another couple of messages in. We did mention uh, briefly before about we are on the search for a partner for Anne. Mm. So we've created our own hashtag. Is that what we say? Yes. Uh, Family matters are on the case to find hashtag find Anne a date. We love you, Anne. Yes. And uh, Betty, our lovely joy photographer, and you are a treasure. Yeah. Hugs from Betty. Lovely. Um, now,
1: Chris, do you need any help in the romance dates? Uh, no, thank you. I've given all that up. Okay, but, well, but let other... me know.
0: <laughs> no, he hasn't. He <laughs> has gentleman callers. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> hashtag no
0: need to find Chris a date oh, but Chris, by the sound a, of it. With a voice like that, Chris,
3: I'm not surprised that you mm. have mm. lots of gentleman callers. No, no, as so I tell was... a
4: lot of my friends, uh, straight and Okay, there are in your life, you find out after a few years that there are three categories of friends five minute friends, three month friends, and friends for life. Mm. Now, I've got five friends for life. I don't need Facebook. These are the most important five people in my lives now that my parents and siblings have gone. So they're the ones they hear parts of. Of my secret life. Now, they don't all hear the same story. So, you know, it's looking at the elephant from different views.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We need to have a stand-up straight after dark special, I think. (laughs)
2: Oh, yes. Mm. uh,
1: We'll work on that one. Mm.
4: But, But I do have a wide selection of friends of the other varieties. And... That's where I think in the gay community, without actually having the worry of family and siblings and grandkids or nephews and nieces, uh, one can be a bit selfish. It's not really being self-centred, but you, you're you not able to integrate with comfort the way the straight community mixes mm. and matches. We, we, we pre-sort...
1: It's, an it's colours and turnaround. whites in the same wash.
4: <laughs> we have to actually sort out what mm. we do with whom.
2: Sensible advice. Do you um, do you ever wonder uh, or think, gee, I, you know, I wish I was born twenty or thirty years later, and you know, with with the Mm-mm. electronic media or the. No, you know, l- just l- like Anne
4: said, we we you learn to live. If you're walking down the, if you come out of the house and it's winter, you learn to put a coat on. In summer, if it rains, you learn to dance in the rain. You know, seasons, whatever the conditions are, you live, you just cope with them. And we coped with the life as it was.
2: Do you think the younger GLBTI community have it too easy?
4: No. No? No. But they've got lots more tools to perhaps find... uh, the right group of people that they want to be with, mm. that they're comfortable with, safe with. I don't know whether it's um, just a hookup tool uh, or as grinder is for guys, mm. can be, because we guys, we're, we're animals, <laughs> you know.
1: So are be, some ladies, so Chris. No, no,
4: no. Well, I, mm-hmm. I can't speak for you. Mm. But f- a five-minute friend for me will do me. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's okay.
1: <laughs> five minutes. Yeah. Pretty well. easily impressed, Chris. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. We, the, yeah. There is no strings attached. There's no suitcases. I'm no moving in the next mm. day. But I've seen lesbians... They do that on the first or second date. And I think, oh.
2: That's a bit judgy, but judgy <laughs> They pants. don't all do that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm going to go take a little bit more of a serious kind of tone. Mm, trust me to so, get it off track because i no, like no, naughty. That's what we love about mm. you, Beck. Don't you go changing, Sting, honey. Oh <laughs> um, so uh, there are all types of variety of uh, retirement living, older Living environments, Chris is shaking his head. My reason for asking is that would you consider, would you rather be in a place that was GLBTI friendly or uh, where it was GLBTI residents? Or would you rather be in an environment that is not? Or would you rather be, or I suppose I'm getting it, it. It doesn't seem to be as much variety or, or options or choice for the older generation, for spaces that would be supportive or inclusive.
0: So I just don't know what whether you
2: have any opinion or whether you have um,
0: a I wish. Think Chris and I would probably have different views on this. Um, obviously, I'd prefer to live in my own home, but uh, I know I'm going to get older. You know, uh, all being well, I'm going to live longer. Um, and in, if I need to go into retirement or age care particularly, um, I would want a mixture of people. I don't think I'd just like to go into a gay and lesbian you know, community type. Um, I'd like to be in a cross-section of people so that you've got views across different sexes, different religions, different cultures. Um, cause so I, I like to learn. I like to learn every day. And So if you've got people that are old school narrow-minded
2: that kind of thing so i wonder whether that would influence whether you went into these spaces because in 2030 years time it is going to be different chris has got a hand i'm a
0: baby boomer so um the mindset in that group is different Mm. to the generation that is in the aged care now so that that's breaking down that that um, breaking down the barriers, one of our mantras mm. that's happened with that baby boomer generation. Enk, you...
4: uh, but it's one thing the state government here uh, has actually been pushed into the corner and gratefully gone there and provided a process whereby uh, retirement homes and villages can actually get a qualified. A tick of engagement, the rainbow tick, as mm. they call it, uh, that their staff and professionals are all trained to be aware and respectful and be, you know, delicate about certain matters. You don't, if the answer is going to come out this way, okay, go with it. You don't, you don't have, they don't have the opportunity to be judgmental and, um, I, like Anne, will probably end up in one of those places. Mm. But hopefully, because the supportive generation that's out there in these houses uh, have got the education now to to actually smooth the waters for us. It's a Mm. safe, it becomes a safe environment as well. But I hope to live in my own house uh, all my days. That's my safe zone. People know where I am.
3: Yeah. So, Chris, what sort of services and facilities, and, and and even on a social level, are there for the older GLBTI community?
2: I don't know. <laughs> you having too much fun, actually? No, like you I'm you.
3: having too much fun
2: being myself. <laughs> I, I hear sometimes advertised.
3: Um, you know that ad? Uh, what is it for older gentlemen? Nobody loves a ferry when they're forty. You know that's yeah. that one? Vintage, vintage. vintage,
4: vintage men. No, no, I I've never, I, I never aligned myself with that. Okay. I, my brain is still, you know, as I was when I was 23, I think. Great. <laughs> right. I, I haven't gotten older. I don't Long know who that, that bloke last. is in the mirror when I shave of the morning, but it's, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we are uh, going to take a quick break and come back and wrap up. We have uh, Anne and Chris in the studio with us. You're listening to Stand Up Straight on Joy. Hi, this is Adelaide, and you're
3: listening to my mum, Stephanie, and Michelle on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Thank you for joining us tonight on Stand Up Straight. We have had a great hour here with Chris and Anne in the studio talking about um, being... GLBTI. Um, no longer juniors. No longer juniors. That's, that's that's how we coined it, wasn't it? Um, and we are going to end on a very positive note because I know just during that break we were having a bit of a chat about about the way forward and um, I know that Anne's got a few comments, as does Chris, so I'm just going to hand over to them so very that true.
0: they can, uh, yeah, wi- words happy- wise words, words, do words do we m- say. Exactly yeah. right. I, get, I guess some um, stargazing, thinking out aloud that if all of us collectively the whole population um that we just get along and trust and respect and i think the every, everywhere would be a better place that that's what i feel
4: chris indeed uh i think social environment has improved and in just been so accepting of late and it's a generational change and uh It's like um, decimal currency when that came in. People said, oh, why can't you wait till all the old people die? It's too confusing. You know? No. the, The current generation are absolute troopers and they are so lucky and they are so wonderful in educating their parents and other people as well and being tolerant and accepting.
0: And just quickly... We mentioned before that maybe the younger generation have it easier. I don't know if they have it easier because they still have a challenge, the young GLBTI, um, because there is still homophobia. Mm -hmm. There is still bashing and suicide. So we need to support everybody equally. What's different today is there's some role models out there for those young GLBTI people. That's some great role models, isn't there. and you too, and uh, you both are yeah. our role models. Yeah,
2: thank exactly. you so much for joining us, Chris, and in the studio, and for the phenomenal job and work that you do here at Joy. Thank you very much. And don't forget, everybody, you've got one
3: last day to donate to Joy to win that amazing, amazing prize. Having been to Mardi Gras a number of times, I just can't tell you how fabulous it is. So please donate and uh, by
2: five Clock tomorrow. Yes, exactly right. Up next is Family Matters. Great show. Fabulous show. And then immediately after that is The Bears with the Woods. So uh, you would not want to be anywhere else except Joy tonight and every other night. Who's on next week? Next week we have my auntie and uncle from San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> so please join us then. Be sure to wear a flower in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the crazy kids of Stand Up Straight on Joy. Good night. Good night. Bye.